Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. This is the podcast where we discuss career counselling, career guidance, mental health awareness and mental health training in the workplace. With your hosts, Patrick, Sally, Tina and Amy. Welcome to Careers and Mental Health Conversations. I'm Tina Winchester and today I'm delighted to be joined by Dino Hira for our 50th podcast episode. You may know Dino as a reality TV star, but he is so much more than that. Dino's worked as a FIFO worker in the mining industry for the past seven years and is the author of a new book, A Miner Who Wins in a Piece, which is based on his own experience in mining, his own mental health struggles and how he turned his life around. So I am overjoyed to welcome Dino. Thank you so much, Tino, for having me. And yeah, I'm ready to uh, be open and discuss uh, what's important to all of us. Let's start at the beginning, Dino. So you live in, in WA. Have you always lived in Perth? No, well, I was born and raised in Hong Kong um, and I moved to Perth when I was 16 on my own. And it was mainly to um, study university, uh, you know, study uh, information systems. And so I graduated from university uh, back in 2004. And then after 2004, I thought, oh, I'd probably get, you know, six months work experience and then move back to Hong Kong. But some things led to another and I fell in love with Perth, uh, the people, the culture and um, yeah, embraced it. And uh, six months has turned into uh, 17 years now. I'm still here. <laughs> and are your family in, in Hong Kong? They are, yes. They, um, well, pretty much scattered all over the world. I've got my um, second uh, sister who's in the States, my younger brother's in the States. They both work in the medical field. And, um, and my parents are in Hong Kong, though. So I go back uh, time to time uh, to visit them. But overall, uh, I'd say, uh, yeah, Perth has been home for me. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a difficult move at 16. Did you know anyone? No, no one at all. Didn't know what it was going to be like. Uh, I think my dad sort of put me through university and told me Perth is probably the best place on earth you could actually sit down and study. And because it's so quiet and chilled and laid back, uh, you probably put your mind into studies and not partying, um, you know, and, and going out of your way. But um, yeah, and it worked. Uh, after three years, uh, I was quite surprised at how studious I'd become. And um, you know, I, I guess it's coming to, uh, yeah, what, what you started out on as a goal uh, to complete university studies. And once you, once you achieve that goal, you're like, wow, okay, great, I did it. Um, yeah, what's next? Uh, so, yeah, it, it's always kept me on my toes, living on my own and uh, supporting myself as well since 16. Wow, that's awesome. So you studied, did you say you studied IT? Yes, uh, information systems and it was uh, business management as well. And so how did you go from there to working on the mines? Well, I started, um, I was working as an internet, um, uh, like a business sales manager back in uh, 2012, it was. And uh, my partner at the time, her one of her relatives worked in the mines. And I uh, said, yeah, it's such a cruisy job. And he was like, and I was working as a manager back then in a telecommunications company. And uh, overall chatting to him and I thought, oh, wow, he's driving trucks and he's, you know, earning probably double what I'm learning. And uh, so money was, to be honest, my main goal. Um, and at the time I was like, okay, great. I want to get into the mines. I want to uh, set myself up and uh, hopefully advance. So I started off driving trucks uh, for six months in the mines and uh, it, was, it was a really, really cruisy job. But at the end of six months, I was like, wow, okay, I'm not thinking anymore it's it's like being repetitive and um you know you stop sort of you just on autopilot mode and you're like i need something more challenging i need something else 
So um, started chatting to a few people and the minds is, is great. If you embrace, um, you know, the opportunities up there, you can advance in so many ways. So I sort of said, okay, well, um, you know, I want to try in the control room. So um, I went into the control room and it was just fortunate that a person there was sick at the time. And uh, so I got turned in the deep end and they're like, oh, you might as well just stay here now and <laughs> not, not go back into, into a truck. Um, so, yeah, I spent, uh, you know, probably the last six, uh, six and a half years uh, doing uh, controlling in the mines. So working in the control team and organizing the gameplay and um, mainly the logistics side, but a lot, lot of it's based on communication um, to so many different people from all walks of life. So it's really advanced me in so many ways. Yeah, wow. And um, fast-paced, stressful environment, I would imagine. Oh, yes, of course. Um, you know, you're talking to hundreds of people a day and uh, you're trying to fulfill uh, targets at the same time. It's not strenuous as in physical, but it's mm. definitely strenuous in the mind. Uh, and that's why I sort of keep, uh, you know, a healthy mind, uh, a mindset as well at the top of my priority uh, in, in whatever I do now. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. And um, the FIFO lifestyle. So my husband worked on the mines for about four years. Um although he's in construction so his his job was in construction and even his shifts were okay because he he would do 10 days on four days off but actually yeah right. working in the mining industry and doing the kind of shift work because your shift work would have been more than that would it have been like two weeks on one week off something like that yeah well, while i was driving the trucks it was two weeks on one week off and then when, once i were advanced into the control room it was a week on week off so i, I was probably one of the fortunate ones that had like you know family friendly uh, roster itself I mean, being a single man working up there is it it quite ideal as well uh, but you know while i was working up there i talked to so many people um you know, it, from from family oriented uh, people to um, those that are just traveling and backpacking, but also worked in the mines as well, and um, so many different stories. And and you know, we've all come together for a purpose to make a living up there, but also at the same time look out for one another. And I find um, that to be a main support group. Like you need that anywhere you go, really. Um, to be looking out for for one another, but um, yeah, no, knowing their stories and you know how hard it would be um, in terms of those who are doing four weeks on one week off or even three weeks on one week off, um, yeah, it's quite uh, tough. But you know, hats off to all of them that still do that and um, and make it worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's it takes a strength of character, I think, and uh, yeah, I the, I know the environment is quite isolating, and I know that the um the numbers of people that work in that kind of industry that experience mental health problems, the numbers are very high, aren't they? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think in the book uh, that I quoted in the introduction chapter, there was about out of, you know, out of the sixty thousand people in the FIFO workforce. Um, I think 30% of them actually suffer from mental health and it was actually one in five that actually have um, mental health issues as well from the, from the latest statistics. So um, it, it's growing as well. So that, that's why I, I sort of um, think this, Im, this important um, subject that we're talking about has to have a bigger reach because I think everyone's going to go through struggles at some point or one some point or another. And I find instead of being reactive, which I was doing, um, you know, you've got to be proactive as well and then sort of take steps to um, make sure that you're well equipped. Like if you go through those struggle times, you know, what's the first thing you're going to do? And um, it, it's succumbing to, you know, embracing whatever is coming your way, but at the same time having those tools to um, advance and make sure your mental health is a priority.
Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. We have, um, there is a mining organisation that sends our podcast out to it remote, its remote workers. Oh, amazing. Great. Yeah. That's so you, you, so you, beneficial. Yeah, you were there. the reach is wide. Um, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit then. So you're you're working on the mines. You you advance in your career, uh, moved into a kind of different role, very fast paced role, quite stressful emotionally, those kinds of things. When did you notice that there was a change in your own mental health, or was it a, such a kind of steady decline that you, when you look back, you can't really pinpoint it? No, there was one point, because uh, usually I'm, I'm so positive, you know, I always think of the good and everything and, and um, yeah, outgoing and, and love to sort of share my, my sort of um, stories as well. But there was a time in, uh, in my life in 2014, uh, early 2014, where I went through a relationship breakup of, of three years and uh, wasn't really healthy because that, that, I think, sparked a lot of internal issues that were still, um, you know, still holding back, like inside me. And I found like at that point, I was just sort of declining in my mental health uh, in my routine as well. I wasn't really going to the gym. Even if I'd go to the gym, I'd just be dazed. There's no motivation. There's no um, you know, goal to, to achieve um, anything really health-wise. And diet was just all over the place. It's like a spiral domino effect. You know, It starts in the mind when you're feeling really sad and down. Uh, it has an effect on your lifestyle, your habits, um, people around you as well. Um, so I, I was trying to shut off um, people as well at that point. And it was a, it was a really, really tough um, three to four months where I went through that stage, that period, and uh, thought, you know, if it's um, actually worthwhile taking my next breath, it could be, became that bad um, one night. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know, like after that, I started, like, having a change of mindset after this one event. And it was just a change of mindset, um, you know, thinking the good of, of everything met like I, I'm a firm believer in the law of attraction and um, you know, visualizing yourself to become a better person. So I, I tried it out. I tried out the techniques and this is exactly what I've shared in that book as well. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but you know, if, if anyone can put it into practice and benefit from it, um, that, that's my main purpose uh, serves. So uh, the, the actual struggle wasn't the hard part. It's actually like what? What do you do with that struggle? Like what? What? Um, what avenues do you choose? Do you you know tell people or do you actually fight it yourself? And I found the best thing to do was to actually just let it out. Find an avenue that works for you, where you can actually just let out your emotions, but also let out um, yeah what what you've actually been through as well. So um, after having this mindset of just the positivity, um, looking at the good and everything, appreciating everything as well, um, I sort of attracted the right sort of people around me. But um, at the same time, like I was sort of bottling up so many emotions and I tried something that worked for me, which was um, energy healing or Reiki and, you know, those holistic type of um, ways of recovery. So I wasn't really big on um, yeah, medication at all. Uh, I sort of wanted to relate to a natural way of getting better, a natural way of um, just being myself again and being happy. Um, that's, that's the main purpose. So um, the goal of money just went out the window. It was just like now trying to get my mental health back on track and getting me back on track as well. Because I mean, no matter how much money you're going to have on your deathbed, if you're you know thinking, if you're sad and if you're lonely, if you're not happy, that's the worst thing that could happen. So I thought, okay, I'm going to live every day as if it's my last and um, sort of just make the most of every experience that comes through and um, be positive about it too. So um, everything changed from the diet, from um, you know, exercise, uh, just incorporating healthy habits. Uh, I find that, especially when you're up there, 
uh, in the mines, you know, it, it was not so much like, oh, um, before this whole uh, change of mindset uh, perspective, I was like, oh, we get served the same food every day in the mess. Um, you know, <laughs> what want to change? Like, when are we going to get a change? And just complaining about everything. And it's still going on up there. But I find today, if, if when I go up to a mess, I'm like so thankful for the fact that we're getting free food. And, um, you know, <laughs> people around the world would appreciate that so much. So it's having that mentality that being grateful for everything you have in front of you. But also, once you have that mentality, you're going to attract more things to be grateful for. Um, so after that, that shift in mindset, my health got back on track, the healthy habits, and then um, attracting like different opportunities to advance in your career and um, also beyond, um, you know, the mining game is sort of like doing more of um, what you're passionate about as well, what keeps you going um, when you're on your R&R, um, you know, you need that rest as well. But at the same time, you've got to have that zest of life. You've got to have something else on the side that you, you're passionate about and you want to do. Otherwise, life gets boring and repetitive. So, um, you see, I attracted um, you know, modeling offers and uh, a couple of TV gigs. Uh, and then uh, one thing led to another. But that's how I've been enjoying um, life now and just making the most of it, really. Oh, it's so good. So practicing visualization, is that was that... Um something that you had knowledge of and that you just hadn't practiced or did you research it and think I'm going to give this a go? Um, to be honest, like before, uh, my, my ex-partner um, at the time, she was watching this thing called um, The Secret, and I don't know if you've um, heard of it, but it's more to do with visualizing yourself uh, where you actually want to be. And I, uh, to be honest, I thought it was a load of gibberish uh, when I first saw it. When I first Most saw people it. do, but there's something in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely thought like, oh, this is just you know, gibberish. It doesn't make sense to me, and um, how can this happen? So, But what I, what I realize now is that, I was actually having a closed mind and um, with a closed mind, you're always going to be closed anyway. And you're always going to be, um, you know, restricted in terms of what your capacity is and what your ability to learn is as well. So I, um, when, when I was going through that, that struggle phase and uh, trying to recuperate as well, um, you know, the, the option there was to actually put it into practice, uh, put the law of attraction or visualizing into practice. So I took a picture of, um, of myself back in uh, when, I, when I had like a really, really good um, body. But what I realized was it wasn't just the physical, it's actually your mindset. So I went and tapped into like what my mindset was at that point in time. And that mindset was just so motivated, so healthy and you know, incorporating all these um, things that make you and positive as well. So, um, so I, I visualized, I used this technique and um, visualized, uh, you know, myself being there again. And so I imagined myself having that um, mindset, having that body each morning. Uh, first thing I do is get up and look at this picture of, of uh, which would take me back into that time of, of having that healthy um, habits in, in my life. And then, the last thing I would do before I go to sleep is um, look at this picture again and just imagine, visualize uh, yourself being in that body already, being in that mindset already. So it, it's a great, powerful concept where everything starts with the mind. Um, it, it starts with a thought in the mind. And I thought, like, if I'm going to start negatively thinking, I'm only going to grow weeds in the mind, uh, not seeds of flowers. So I thought, like, this would be a great way. And I did it for about 10, 12 days straight. And um, with, with that, I was just attracting um, the right people at the right time, also in the habits as well, because you motivated yourself in a way as uh, when you're incorporating this uh, visualization technique. So it's very, 
very powerful. It, it can work, but um, yeah, if you once once you've got your mind on your side, you can achieve anything you like. Yeah, I agree. So when you were using the visualization technique, how detailed in your mind was, you know, when you were looking at the picture, how detailed in your mind was, I am going to be that person again, and I know what what steps I need to take? You know, did, were you imagining a, a scenario in your mind? You know, was, was it working like that for you? Yeah, yeah, it was. So I, I was sort of imagining what, what um, you know, what lifestyle habits I had when I, when I had that body or, you know, and I remember it, I used to train at first thing in the morning, um, yeah, exercise first thing in the morning on an empty stomach. So that was part of, um, you know, the first habit that I wanted to incorporate. So now in the minds, um, as your partner would probably know, we sort of get up at probably, I don't know, four in the morning, uh, 4.30 in the morning, and then, you know, we don't get back into our rooms at about in the evening till six because we're working 12-hour days. So if something's really important to you, I think you'll make time for it anyway. Um, you know, and it, even beyond these 12-hour days that you're meant to be at work anyway, um, you know, it's what you do before work and after work that, that keeps you healthy up there, but also healthy in general, in general life. Like you don't have to be a minor to incorporate these. Um, you know, if, um, if you find exercising important, wake up an hour early, uh, you know, challenge yourself to be um, beyond those habits, so beyond incorporating new habits as well. So I was getting up at one stage, 2.30 in the morning. Uh, sounds very, very crazy, but that's how determined I was um, to put a priority on, on my mental health. But I knew, I knew exercise is a way of um, firstly doing that. And once you're exercising, I think you sort of have that mentality to start incorporating a healthy diet now as well. Um, so up there, instead of pies and sausage rolls, I was digging into salads and digging into a lot of um, goodness. So we've got so many choices up there now as well. So um, And then after that, it was mainly you know, meditating as well, uh, as often as I could, because uh, that kept me really sane up there. And it kept my mindset sort of relaxed as well. Because, um, you know, I've got about more than 80, 84,000 thoughts a day, I feel. And then you know, those thoughts, um, you've got to have some time to just re relax and reflect on yourself and um, reflect on how you're going in your inner world. And I find um, that meditation was an amazing way to do that. It just sheds all the excess baggage in your mind that you don't need and allows you to just enjoy the present moment, just like I am with you now, Tina. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's talk about meditation then. Um, did did you know, had you tried meditation in the past? and or, or again, was this something new that you researched and said, I'm going to give this a go? Yeah, well, it started first as, as a kid. Uh, my parents put me through um, meditation school. And it was when I was 7 to uh, 12 years old, I started going to these classes. It was like weekly classes on a Friday. And uh, I thought Fridays were pretty good because they just recharge us for you know, the weekend as well. And um, yeah, so I'd, I'd go to these classes, but um, ever since I was, and, and what we learned there were just breathing techniques, how to slow your breath down. And, um, you know, even today, in today's life, sometimes, you know, we, we forget to breathe properly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're in stressful mode and, and the stressful uh, ways and, and, you know, situations all around us. But it's how you deal with that stress. Um, that really, really uh, resonates with me. So this is where the meditation classes have, have um, come into play for me. So when I was 13, I sort of lost touch with it all. And, and so I said, oh, you know, as a teenagers do, they, they don't think it's cool anymore. And you sort of go into different ways. But um, when, yeah, back in 2014, when uh, the struggle period, so meditation was a tool that I used um, to sort of get my mind back on track, um, just to get my uh, yeah, mentality, that positive um, thinking back on track as well. So it, it was just applying 
applying what I'd already learned as a kid um, now in my adult life and, and coming back to me at probably the best time I could ever have imagined. Um, so yeah, it, it sort of, uh, so I meditate first thing in the morning and um, lasting before I go to sleep and I was sleeping so much better. Um, you know, within the last within five days, I was just sleeping um, so much better, waking up with so much energy as well. And then it showed in my work too. It showed in um, around my colleagues as well. They're like, what's wrong with you? What are you on? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm just on natural um, energy. <laughs> just good sleep. Um, so yeah, it, it, it has a roll on effect. So I, I started meditating um, to get my own health back on track, but now I'm I'm sort of really grateful to um, you know, teach these in um, drug and alcohol rehab centers and uh, prison as well. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Hold that thought though, because what I want to ask you now, Dino, is about the meditation technique that you use that you that you favour personally. So I know that there are a number of different meditation techniques out there, but we, what what is it that you favour and why? Um, depending on what you're going through in, in the day as well and what you want to um, get out of. But uh, in the mornings, I'll just sit uh, for about 10, 15 minutes in a quiet place. Uh, you know, no music. Um, you can play music if you like, but I sort of just connect with the breath. So I take four yeah. seconds in through the nose, hold, and then four, four or five seconds out through the nose as well. It's just that repetitive process of um just connecting with your breath. And I find like not even having anything to think about is such a gift. It's, it's basically just um, relaxing the mind and then sort of, and then the last five minutes of the meditation, I sort of sit down and sort of visualize how my day is going to plan out. So, um, yeah, sometimes you'll have things happen in your day that that'll you know, take you away from what you had planned, but that's all part of life, uh, I find. But as long as you can complete like one or two things in, in that day that you want to set out, it gives you like a perspective. It gives you a goal to live. Um, and, you know, especially like with this podcast as well, I thought this morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be ready for this podcast. It's going to be a great conversation, which is turning out to be exactly how I planned it. So um, it's about having that mental um picture first in your mind of how you want things to be and then um, just going with the flow just just risk um, allowing yourself to attract those opportunities attract those um, those chances of, of just living yourself and living your dreams yeah fantastic so sometimes when because we've talked about meditation on on previous po- previous podcast before and um, when with mental health first aid um, one of the recommended um, options for intervention is mindfulness. And so um, generally with classes, we tend to get talking, you know, when we have discussion, tends to go down that path as well in terms of mindfulness and meditation and the difference and the links and all of those kinds of things. There's a huge misconception out there that meditation is about being Zen and having no thoughts. And so I try with my very limited knowledge to explain that actually it's not really about that. It's, it's very difficult to not have any thoughts. And if you tell yourself that when you meditate, you have to have no thoughts, you're setting yourself up for failure because that's not going to happen. Um, so how, Dino, would you describe in your own words to people that say, well, I've tried meditation and it doesn't work for me because I just get hooked up on my, my thoughts and I just find myself overthinking? What, what would your response to that be? Oh, I could relate to them completely because when I first started, um, you know, started getting back into meditation, I, was, I just couldn't stop thinking. I couldn't stop switch off. Like, and and I was, I was trying so hard to just sort of um, you know try to filter out these thoughts and 
and you know how could i just sit here in silence or you know peacefulness uh, played music lit, lit up incense sticks nothing would work it was still like my mind my brain was still like over, overthinking um so i it came to me when um, I sort of learned uh, meditation again in 2015, went to India at this place called Boga and sat with like the monks. Um, these monks were like monks in training. So they were actually um, you know, eight to 15 years of age. And um, I thought when I first entered there, it's it basically a three week sort of um, course. And, and normally they wouldn't um, allow adults to, to be in there. Uh, but they were like, okay, well, you know, it would be a great chance for them to actually see what it's like living in, um, say, the Western world and, and sort of, you know, it's their chance to learn as well. So I went in there and um, within three weeks, I was sort of like, uh, at first I was like, oh, I'm not going to learn anything just sitting with these kids. Like, what am I doing here? Um, but it was the best three weeks of my life. It incorporated discipline and getting back to the overthinking and, and stopping the thoughts. Um, there was a teacher there that that said, um, you don't have to stop your thoughts in meditation. Just embrace them. Let them be. Um, you're always going to have thoughts anyway. It's, it's just um, like the way the analogy that, that she explained it through, it was like a highway, um, you know, and, and um, you've got your cars like driving past all these sorts of vehicles. And you imagine those vehicles all being um, uh, thoughts as well, you know, driving past. And it's, it's when you choose to get in one of those cars or vehicles that you become the thought. But you're just an observer. Um, you're just observing um, this this highway. But in the, at the same time, you're actually observing all your thoughts as well come and go. Um, so nothing's like permanent as well um, in in life. And uh, I found that that really stuck to me. So the next time I started meditating, I was just letting these thoughts come. Uh, just let them embrace them, whatever they are, bad, negative. Um, you know, positive, great. Um, yeah, but just embrace the thoughts as they are. But meditation is just a way of you to shed um shed all that excess baggage uh, shed all that and the only way you can do that is just acknowledging the thoughts that um that come into your mind as well so a technique that that i sort of use to get me back on track now with with meditation and this is what i teach as well in my sessions is i started by um, lighting a candle uh, getting everyone in a circle lighting a candle uh, in the middle of the circle and getting them to just focus their attention, their awareness on the flame of the candle. Um, you know, the color, the, um, the way it's moving, that sort of way. But um, the reason I start this at the very start of the meditation class is because it incorporates our um, present, uh, present moment. It, it allows them to just leave all the thoughts they had before coming into the room, but just centering their attention in the room now itself and in what's in front of them. Um, so this technique, it sort of builds your concentration levels, builds your focus, and also allows you to just relax and focus on one thing at a time. And of course, when they're focusing on this candle or the flame of the candle, they'll have thoughts coming in and out. But that's their way of practicing. Um, practicing, the more they practice, uh, their attention and their awareness based on this flame of the candle, the more um, the more efficient and effective the meditation session is to let go of those thoughts, but um, also to accept them for, for whenever they come in. But yeah, the candle technique definitely um, yeah, had a good effect. Yeah, so you bring your focus back. So if you find yeah. yourself getting off on the train, which we do, find yourself going off on a train of thought and you think, oh, geez, I'm supposed to be meditating, bring yeah. the focus back to the candle or if you've got no candle to the breath. That is correct. Yeah, completely. Awesome. Now, before I kind of move forward and, and we and we have a look at what the work that you're doing now um, and where it's taking you to, 
Can I just take you back to, because you, you very briefly talked about when things were really difficult and yeah. you questioned, you know, whether I should draw my last breath. I think that's the way that, that you described it. Now, we don't need to go into huge detail, um, but but I'm taking from that um, description that you had maybe fleeting thoughts of taking your life. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, it went through a struggle phase. And at that point, um, I thought like, yeah, nothing's working for me. Just lost all hope. You know, there's no zest of life. There's no purpose of, of living. And um, I think my thoughts of my family back in Hong Kong and also, uh, you know, people that support me just kept me going. And I thought, like, no, I'll give it one more um, chance. And and then I don't know what it was, but I, I started having um, really vivid, like, powerful dreams as well at that point in time. And dreams of hope, um, dreams that actually changed my complete perspective and, you know, mindset over. And uh, not everyone's going to have these dreams, but I feel like it's come for um come to me for a purpose and um, the dream was of um, a man meditating and um, you know that sort of allowed me to maybe get that message of maybe I should start meditating as well and the more I was doing it the more better I was feeling and the more um, I was incorporating other healthy habits along the way. Had you, were you a person that, that dreamt a lot before that anyway? I mean some of us do, I dream every night. Yeah, no, not, not really. I mean, I dream time to time, but um, I mean, the, those sort of dreams, uh, I think they, they came to me for, for a reason at the right time. And I find like, um, yeah, if maybe I wouldn't have had those dreams, I probably would have still been in that mindset of um, no hope as well. Yeah, it's an amazing story. It really is. So you, you started to incorporate all of these healthy habits into your life to, 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 you know, to kind of be accountable, I guess, for your own mental health, which we all are. And so how did you get involved in teaching meditation? Well, I, um, on, my, on Fridays on, uh, on my breaks, I'd, I'd normally go to this uh, monastery in Nolamara uh, in a place in Perth, uh, WA. And it's this, um, for this sort of monastery, I'm not um, you know, religious in any way, but I sort of still find that there's some benefit in incorporating the mindfulness way of life, which is what Buddhism is all about, and um, and incorporating kindness as well. But kindness to others, uh, it can only happen when you're kind to yourself. Um, you know, you start from yourself first, and then you reflect on to others. And the, the talks, it was this monk there who's um, a, Agent Brahm, and he's very, very um, insightful in his talk talks and um, you know, he's a Westerner but he's, he's a monk uh, you know, he's, he's um, very very positive and really uh, his talks are very um, yeah, descriptive in terms of you can and really relatable too so I kept going there on Fridays and then uh, the, there was a coordinator there who was asking for volunteers uh, for to teach meditation at this um, their maximum security prison, and uh, no one was putting their hands up. And <laughs> I, I just had this um, inner gut feeling that yeah, do it. This this like voice telling you do it, do it. Um, so I, I put my hand up in the end. Everyone's like, this guy's really nuts. He's crazy. There's something wrong with him. Um, but I, I went went for it, and I think it it sort of. Yeah, you only regret the chances you never take. And yeah. I, I found that, um, yeah, and I found that I raised my hand, spoke to this woman, and uh, she was just amazing, really, really friendly. It made me feel so welcome. She's like, well, just remember where you're actually going. Um, you know, we're going to teach. And 
So we started off doing it at um, drug and alcohol rehab centers in, in Perth. And I found this is a good way to you know, test out, uh, like do it with these sort of groups um, first before you actually start teaching maybe in public in the future. And I thought like, if I can make a difference with, um, with these groups that are sometimes overlooked by society, um, you know, it, would, it would be a great starting point. And from then on, I can start um, you know, really enjoying what I do as well. Um, so yeah, today I, I couldn't have, it's all like a jigsaw puzzle that came together <laughs> and then you finally see now why um, that, that certain things happened because they did. And um, yeah, so I, I, I just love, love going in there and, and teaching um, meditation itself. Oh God, how did you feel the first time you kind of went into the maximum security prison? Did you think, oh no, I don't know if I've made the right decision? Yeah, look, uh, I had like one eye open the whole time. (laughs) 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 I couldn't meditate myself. One eye open the whole time, sitting in this circle with with all these um, people in in prison. But I, I sort of went in there, the mentality that, um, everyone's human. Uh, I, I didn't like. Yeah, I was watching a documentary on the prison um, the day before it. I was like, "Wow, this seems so intense." Whatever got myself into. Uh, but then again, I brought it back to why I'm actually in there. Uh, what are you going in there to do? Um, so my my purpose was just to make a difference for like allowing them to find a place to relax and uh, reflect on themselves and making sure their mental health is is um, you know up there as well. Um, so it was. It couldn't have been any better. The bond in there is so amazing. It's. It's. Um, they've. And you know, the job's pretty much done when you've got students wanting to learn. Um, you've got people that are, that want to learn. Um, I think you're seventy percent of the way there. Um, you know, if they've got that will and that open mindedness to to learn more, and um, that that's basically just um, the the will behind it. That that contributes to his success but I, I find um that yeah when, when I first went I didn't know what to expect and, and everything so I just sort of said oh, this is my story it's worked for me and um you know uh, in my mentality I was like yeah they're, they're all human anyway um you know they we can't call them prisoners because they've only done an act of crime in the past uh, you know it doesn't make them prisoner for the rest of their life um you know um I think it's more just um sharing what 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 you know as as a human being um and having that interaction that way. So it just eliminates all the judgment and all the, um, you know, judging the book by its cover as well, that sort of way. Am I right in thinking that you'd agree with me that feeling fulfilled outweighs any wage you could ever earn on the mines? Absolutely, Tina. Yes, you put it in such a great way. Yes, that's right. We all need to earn a living, but, yeah, it's it's that feeling of fulfilment that it's priceless. Definitely. Yeah. That, that feeling that I get at when, you know, after, after completing a session and a walkout and just that feeling is un- indescribable. It's sort of like the feeling of giving, uh, but you're not just, you're not giving money. Um, you know, money, it's good um, that you, you give money, but giving your time and energy is so much more important. And um, even at the homeless shelters where I've volunteered in the past, it's sort of just having that ear to listen, um, you know, to listen to what they're going through. And I find that remember that sticks in their memory more than any food or, you know, money would at that time in life um, would, would ever do. So, um, yeah, there's this, a story in my book on Chapter 10 where I share um, a real-life event uh, 
where I met this uh, man who was, you know, hunched over. It was a rainy night. All the traffic was just driving past. And it's a busy road um, here in, in Perth. And I, I just thought, like, while I was driving, I saw this man hunched over and um, on, a, on a footpath. And I thought, uh, you know, I'm used to seeing this maybe in third world countries, but not, not here in, in Australia. So I thought, like, this is not right. And um, so I don't know what it was, but, uh, yeah, I could have just kept driving everything was normal but I, I didn't have it in me and I sort of turned around and, you know parked my car and went up to him I was like are you okay like what, what's happening um you know uh, talk to me like yeah you can't be sitting here it's dangerous and um apparently he'd, he'd lost his car broken down just a really really tough day he was living in Lenora which was about six hours drive and um you know just a negative sort of mentality and he's like yeah I've lost all hope and and so forth and I'm like I've been there and I want to relate to you talk to me and um so forth so we got him back you know back on track just words of encouragement words of positivity and um, just sort of allowing them to see that there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel um no matter what situation you're in and um and yeah now we're we're best of friends we're good friends I sent him a copy of the book and it's just up over the moon and um, yeah, we've, we've always kept in touch, uh, you know, throughout. But I think it just takes that mentality of looking out for one another um, as well at the end of the day. And it's not, um, you know, are you okay days? are great. I mean, it's an initiative where everyone just comes together and makes sure their mental health is at the peak. Um, but I think we've got to take it a step further and make sure it's are you okay attitude um, instead yeah, of just a day. Um, every day. Like, yeah, yeah, every day. So uh, that's why I sort of, you know, um, said yes to your podcast because I really, really uh, strongly feel positive about this message of um, being at your mental health um, at a, you know, in a healthy way every day. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And our focus is on workplaces as well, you know, mentally well workplaces. We spend so much time at work and, you know, far, far more time at work than we do at home. So, um, yeah, the message is the same. Um, I want to keep talking, and I will, but I want to make sure that we, we talk about your book. Sure. So uh, a minor who wins in a piece. I've, I've got a copy of your book here. Um, I'm only part way through. And uh, so tell me, tell me what made you decide that you were going to put some of your experiences down on paper to share with others in the form of a book. How did you get to that, that place? Oh, look, I mean, in 2014, it was that, that struggle period. 2015 was finding myself again and finding, um, you know, what, what could make me at my peak um, mental health-wise. And um, then 2016, I sort of um, did, did things with my heart and sort of started listening to the heart rather than, you know, the self-doubts in the mind because I was, I was so big on overthinking before I talked myself out of so many situations that could have gone so well. Um, but, you know, and then um, back in... When I, when I was 16, I always had a passion for like trying out modeling as well. And I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's a different thing to do. But so at 16, I entered this, um, in 2016, I entered this pageant um, as Mr. Australasia. And I thought, this is a good way of just um, you know, going back to what I was passionate about in my teenage years and just giving it a, a go, giving it a try. So I ended up winning that pageant in Melbourne. Um, then I thought, like, after this pageant, okay, what's next? Um, and then having all these stories that, um, you know, I, I had up in the minds as well from people um, from their lives and how they've overcome struggles and what they've actually done to, um, you know, have their mental health at, at, as a priority. I thought, like, I've got so much knowledge in me that I can actually start sharing this and start, um, you know, maybe sharing it for others who are going through struggle phases and hopefully helping them as well. So I, I started writing and I, the more I was writing, the more I was, I was sort of learning about myself and I was thinking like, wow, this is 
it was great. I never thought I'd, I'd enjoy writing this much. And every day I'd just be stuck into like just writing, um, you know, bit by bits every day. And I thought like, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to release this, but hey, I'm just going to give it a try and give it a go. So I put it into like a perspective, a relatable story um, that people can relate to in general terms. Um, now, in different phases of, of my life that I've incorporated, but also people from all walks of life that have shared their stories with me uh, in terms of how they um, you know, practice gratitude, how they um, think positively and, and so forth, and what they're passionate about as well and how they live through their heart. Um, I find, like, yeah, I had to put it into, into a book. And in 20, um, yeah, just, you know, it was last year that I decided, like, yeah, I'm going to put it all together and finally going to, um, release this, uh, you know, and hopefully it'll it'll create a platform that people can come out and not just talk about, but also take actions to um, to support their way of thinking as well. So yeah, yeah, that's what I like. That's what I liked about it. Um, and so the perspective of the story is is two fictional characters and two main fictional characters in the story. Yeah, one is yes. a guy who is um, a greenie on the mines, new yeah. to the mines, um, money hungry. Um, blaming everybody else for anything that goes wrong. And uh, and then uh, the other guy, um, been on the mines for a while, different mindset, different viewpoint, and uh, the two to come together. And, and I love the way that you describe at the start how the young greenie was you in the past and how the, the, the seasoned guy is you now in the present. Exactly, exactly right. Uh, that, that's what the whole story is about. And it's about, you know, the, the guy who's just thinking about money, just really blaming others. Um, yeah, who, who sort of James Corby, and then he misses his flight at the airport. And, you know, it's his first flight to go uh, start his journey in the mines. And he's missed the flight. And he's just completely stressing out. He just doesn't know how to take a breather. And, um, completely you know, just blaming every blaming his girlfriend for not waking him up. And, um, yeah, but then he meets this, uh, this other guy who's been in the mines for a while and he comes in and they both miss their flights but just that different mindset you know that it's okay we're all going to miss flights at some point in our life anyway um, you know and it's it's okay to be that way uh, you know, there's always a solution around it too so it digs deeper into their their mindsets but also digs deeper into their lives and and, um, you know, if I had that conversation with someone um, at an airport, I would love that. So it's also shedding perspective on um, those who are starting out in the mines, but also starting out in, in any job in general um, and incorporating these habits into their lifestyle. Yeah, see, that's what I like about it too. Even though the fictional characters um, are fictional, they are based on your own experience. Um, so they're based on reality, but there's action points in terms of learning the techniques that you've picked up and acquired and mastered along the way and incorporated those techniques into your life and the, the, the reader has the opportunity to do the same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So at the end of every chapter, there's a section where I describe as uh, wisdom in action. So wisdom is like the, the story behind that chapter, why, why that chapter took place, but also the action is something you can take away from it and, and um, you know, incorporate into um, your, your daily life. So as in like, you know, if you want to change habits, like what can you change first? Uh, it, it, you know, they say it takes 21 days to incorporate a habit um, permanently in your life. So it's like making those small changes, you know, to eventually lead to bigger changes as well for the better, um, you know, for your lifestyle or better sleep, whatever it is. So I'd love to sort of 
because after after every um, you know, chapter, everyone has a different sort of perspective on what they can take away from it. But um, with the wisdom and action sections, it just shows um, highlights like what the main sort of um, you know priority was for for the readers to take home and the main point there. So oh, I just want to sort of shed a good good word out there and um, for positive uh, for positive actions in the end. Yeah, and where you are, you've you've nailed it for sure. It's 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 absolutely excellent. Thank you. Thanks, Tina. The pleasure. I really could keep talking to you, but I, I, I've just glanced down at the time, and I'm thinking, oh, if I, if I run over too long, it will end, it will end up having to edit really important stuff out, and I don't want to do that. Now, look for all of our listeners there that would like to get their hands on a copy of your book. How do they do that? Uh, at the moment, I've got physical copies going through a website. Uh, so it's www.dinohira.com. Um, all you do is just place the order and I'll send it to you as soon as I can with their personalized message as well. I, I loved my message. That's great. So, And we'll make sure that we put that um, in the um, information about the podcast too. Thank you. Again, like grateful for this podcast itself and your work, Tina, along with your team. Uh, I think it's it's amazing. The more people we have out there to have to reach to, uh, the better. Like for everyone's mental health sake. Well, listen. Let me just uh, say finally, thank you so much, Dino, for sparing the time to come on our podcast. We are absolutely overjoyed that you've shared it. I knew your story would be interesting, but. It, yeah, fantastic story, fantastic book. I'd highly recommend that everybody goes out and buys a copy. Thank you so much, Tina. If you enjoyed this podcast and you would like us to appear in your feed, please hit the subscribe button and you're also welcome to leave us a review. For more information, visit careerdevelopmentcentre.com.au.